Section 60 of the Cambridge Modern History, Volume 1, The Renaissance. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 17 The Christian Renaissance by M. R. James. Part 3 Only the briefest allusion has so far been made to the development of one great department of Christian learning ecclesiastical history the men of the thirteenth and fourteenth centuries had in their hands not a few of the authorities which we account as of capital importance they had the history of eusebius in a latin version they had the tripartite history embodying socrates sozomen and e vegrius they had beta gregory of tours and the speculum historiali of vincent they had innumerable biographies of saints in spite of this, it will not be contended that a true and discriminating view of church history, based on the best sources, was a possession of the Middle Ages. It is clear that highly incorrect views were current as to the development of doctrine, ecclesiastical jurisdiction, and liturgical use. This could not fail to be the case when such documents as the false decretals and the donation of Constantine passed as genuine and on the other hand when their spuriousness became an accepted fact a reaction was inevitable we have seen that the first attacks on them did not come from men who had broken with the roman church it was lorenzo valla who exposed the donation of constantine and roman catholics did not scruple to impugn the decretals cusanus rejects the epistles of clement and anacletes erasmus points out in a preface to athanasius the way in which the letter of anteros was made up naturally however the attitude of the evangelical critics towards the credentials of the latin church was a far more radical one everything in their eyes was corrupt a return to primitive simplicity was essential and the width of the chasm which separated the roman usages of their day from those of the apostolic age could easily be demonstrated by a categorical setting forth of the history and development of those usages from the beginning with such an object the great compilation of the matigberg centuria tours was begun and it has some claim to be looked upon as the first church history compiled on critical principles it was of course a tendon shrift nothing else was possible nevertheless it brought together and laid before the world for the first time an enormous amount of information either dispersed or unknown before a committee whose composition varied from time to time was responsible for the work the period dealt with was divided into centuries and the events literature doctrine and other characteristics of each century were separately treated according to a regular plan the twelfth century was the last that was reached the moving spirit of the committee was matthias flacius illyricus who had already made himself a name as a controversialist on the protestant side his clave sacre scripture sums up the exegetical knowledge of his day his book on the testimony of earlier ages against the papacy catalogus testium veritatis gives proof of an enormous range of reading and among our smaller debts to him may be reckoned the fact that he collected and printed as a supplement to that work a large mass of medieval latin poetry largely from a manuscript of english origin whatever the merits or demerits of the matigberg history may have been it speedily became a famous and influential book 
so famous and so influential indeed that those whose position it attacked were compelled to issue a counterblast a worthy champion was found in cesare baronio cardinal of the title of saints nereus and achilleus the twelve volumes of his Annales ecclesiastici published between fifteen eighty eight and sixteen o seven cover the same period as the work of the centuriators the stores of the vatican of which after fifteen ninety six he was librarian furnished an unrivalled stock of material and his own previous studies of which some fruit had already been seen in his edition of the roman martyology enabled him to use this material to advantage that baronius like the centuriators was a partisan needs hardly to be said his accuracy and critical instinct moreover leave much to be desired still his erudition was enormous his services to learning great and his love of antiquity genuine and fervent an eloquent witness of this love is the appeal to posterity inscribed in the cardinal's own titular church whose ancient arrangements he had himself restored preserving with a reverence uncommon in his day all that he could find of its original furniture a brief parenthesis may be allowed at this point on the application of the science of archaeology to things christian for more than a century had the remains of classical art and architecture been studied and treasured before it occurred to scholars that the church possessed antiquities which merited consideration probably the first book entirely devoted to the consideration of christian monuments was that of onofrio panfinio on the older roman basilicas published in fifteen fifty four rome was thus the parent of christian as of classical archaeology in fifteen seventy eight the reopening of the catacombs began and the discoveries of ancient paintings and inscriptions excited a keen interest though it was not until sixteen thirty two that the first great work on roma soterrania that of bosio saw the light the study was carried on and developed during the seventeenth century chiefly by italians it is probably fair to say that no work of real importance in this department was done outside italy before seventeen hundred to return to the wider field of church history in this the centuriators and baronius may be regarded as pioneers theirs were of course not the only works of the kind that appeared but they deserve special prominence in view of their large design and the extent of the new ground they broke we ought to glance briefly at the progress made in two subdivisions of this great subject one is the study of the lives of the saints most people have some idea of the character of the popular medieval collection of such lives the legenda oreia of jacobus de voragine was of all the most widely diffused both in manuscript and print and it was one which made no pretensions either to completeness or critical selection the latter collections that of mombritius for example or the cataloga santorum were of the same character though of larger compass criticism of these ancient documents other than stricture could not well be expected from the protestant side save perhaps in the case of the acts of some of the earliest martyrs the first man who attempted seriously the task of collecting the best accessible texts of the lives of the saints was probably aloysius lippomanus who was assisted by such scholars as gentianus hervetus and cardinal Cerleto. his copious employment of greek authorities is a principal mark of his superiority to his predecessors 
his collection filled eight volumes and was a worthy beginning of the work which in later centuries was continued by boland papyroche sorius runhot and a host of others the other department of church history of which it was our intention to speak was the bibliography of christian literature jerome had set the fashion of compiling notices of christian writers in their works genadius had supplemented his book and the tracts of both had been widely read the middle ages had as we have seen done something towards continuing the tradition in such works as the catalogus scriptorum of john boston it was natural that it should occur to the men of the renaissance period to take stock of the mass of writings newly brought to light and very useful work was done by several in classifying and cataloguing the writers of all ages up to their own johann trithemius trittenheim abbot of spineheim wrote a catalogue of church writers about fourteen ninety two in fifteen forty five conrad gessner printed his bibliotheca a far larger book not confined to ecclesiastical authors the bibliotheca sancta of sixtus of siena fifteen eighty six is rather an encyclopedia of literature connected with the bible all three books are interesting and remarkable achievements that of trithemius is a guide not always a safe one to the literary possessions of dying medievalism he knows less accurately than gesner what books actually exist and are accessible but he is invaluable in marking a stage in the period of rediscovery and revival it is most interesting to compare his list of authors with that derivable from the more scientific gesner sixtus of siena's book lastly is still valuable not only because it presents us with a comprehensive view of the standard of biblical and patristic knowledge at a certain period but because the author apparently had access to documents of early date which have since disappeared the greatest man who continued the work of trithemius during the sixteenth century was no doubt cardinal bellarmine his book on ecclesiastical writers produced during his early years gives evidence of his great power and in particular of his critical ability but though it may be intrinsically better than the works of trithemius or gesner it does not occupy so important a place in the history of this special form of literature of more enduring value were the bibliographies devoted to particular countries notably that of bale in which are embodied his own collections and those of leland it gives a really amazing conspectus of the literary history of medieval england the progress of the formation of libraries which we traced roughly during the period preceding the invention of printing demands our attention again in the earlier part of the sixteenth century there is no need to dwell at length upon the obvious fact that the possession of a library of reasonable extent was now within the power of nearly all students in the fourteenth century a man might be proud of owning thirty manuscripts he could now for the same money purchase one or two hundred printed books most prominent scholars possessed in addition a certain number of manuscripts but these were in most cases late in date and in proportion as the critical sense was developed the productions of the fifteenth-century scribes lost their values as compared with the correct and beautiful texts issued by aldo or froben and supervised by erasmus or betius renanus still a long time must needs elapse before complete editions of the greater greek fathers chrysostom say or basil could be produced and for the purposes of studying these unprinted texts manuscripts were still indispensable 
nay they continued to be multiplied this was especially the case with greek texts numberless are the sixteenth century manuscripts of greek authors pagan and christian alike the relics of grossin's library at corpus christi college oxford afford a ready instance or the books given by cardinal pole to new college a glance at the catalogue of the greek manuscripts at paris is yet more instructive in this respect Veresimus, darmarius valeriano of forli and a score of others were gaining great names as copyists in the service of princes secular and ecclesiastical every noble and every prelate was in honour bound to be the owner of as brilliant a collection as he could in these libraries the greek classics were doubtless more prominent and more valued than the greek fathers yet these latter held their place also especially on the shelves of the princes of the church in england for example warham pole and cranmer had no inconsiderable stores of such books and there is no lack of similar instances on the continent representative examples of the libraries of individual scholars of humbler position can also be cited we have a catalogue of the books possessed by grossin at his death and the library of beatus rianus forms the nucleus of the town library of schlechstadt we have spoken incidentally of the work done by such men as erasmus in the publication of patristic texts before we close this imperfect survey of the moment which we have called the christian renaissance it will be right to ask what progress was made during the sixteenth century in the task of bringing together the literature of the early christian centuries and making it accessible in print it appears to us that the most effective way of answering this question will be to review the actual work done in certain selected instances and we shall not shrink from entering upon bibliographical detail to a somewhat larger extent than we have hitherto done our survey will naturally not be complete its aim will be to give an idea of the activity of those engaged and to show in what quarters this activity was specially noticeable it will be convenient to adopt an order mainly depending on the dates supposed or real of the writings concerned a place apart may be assigned to the two great jewish writers of the first century whose works have had so potent an influence on christian learning to wit philo and josephus a tract by philo in a latin version was first printed at paris in fifteen twenty by augustino giustiniani a further instalment likewise in latin appeared at basel in fifteen twenty seven one of the philonian writings in this volume a, a fabulous chronicle of biblical events from adam to saul in spite of its remarkably sensational contents and of the fact that it was reprinted at least thrice during the century this early apocryphon suffered the singular fate of being absolutely forgotten until a year or two ago when attention was called to it once more not until fifteen fifty two did any of philo's works appear in greek it was adrian Turnebe who produced the first collection john christopherson afterwards bishop of chichester sigsimon galenius frederick morell and david hochel were the scholars who contributed most to the publication and elucidation of this author during the second half of the century but no great collective edition of his works was brought out before the seventeenth century josephus as we have seen was known during the medieval period through the medium of ancient latin versions as late as the year fifteen twenty four indeed doubts were expressed by scholars as to whether the greek originals of his writings were still in existence 
many editions in latin were produced from about fourteen seventy until fifteen forty four one of these that of basil fifteen thirty seven had been superintended by erasmus in fifteen forty four the first greek josephus appeared also at basel and from froben's press the text was supplied mainly by a manuscript then the property of diego hurtado mendoza which with other of his books found a home in the escurial in orleans edition printed in fifteen ninety one by de la roviere also gave the greek text exactly a century later thomas ittick superintended a leipzig edition and edward bernard issued a portion of one at oxford we may next say something of the apocryphal literature and in so doing we will confine ourselves to that connected with the new testament the old testament pseudo epigrapha other than those which were circulated with the vulgate or the septuagint the fourth book of edras for example or the prayer of manassas were almost wholly unknown during our period of the one really important exception the testaments of the twelve patriarchs we have already spoken on the other hand there were spurious gospels epistles and acts of apostles which continued to influence popular imagination and sacred art both in east and west the gospel of nicodemus so called the letters of paul and seneca the correspondence of our lord with abgarus of edessa had never been forgotten narratives of the infancy of the virgin and of christ enjoyed a certain repute and the fabulous passions of the apostles were taken seriously by the mass of readers the first document of this class which had been previously unknown to the west was the important so-called protoevangelium this had been brought from the east by guillaume postel who insisted that it was a genuine work of james the brother of the lord and contained authentic history for these assertions he was soundly castigated by Henri estienne who seems to have suspected wrongly that postel himself was the author the book was printed in latin in 1552 and in greek in 1563 by michael neander in the first collection ever made of christian apocrypha grinesius orthodoxographa of 1569 and glazer's apocrypha of 1614 are the only subsequent collections of texts which deserve mention before 1703 in that year appeared the codex apocryphus of john albert fabricius eclipsing all previous attempts and still an indispensable authority on the subject of the spurious christian literature the next group of writings to be considered are those conventionally classed as the apostolic fathers that is the epistles of barnabas clement ignatius and polycarp and the shepherd of hermas occupying a place midway between them and the apocryphal literature are the pseudo clementine recognitions and homilies the apostolic constitutions and the liturgies current under the name of various apostles we will notice them in order it was long before the two first-named authors made their appearance at all barnabas at paris in sixteen forty five in a posthumous publication of hughes menard superintended by dachary clement in sixteen thirty three at oxford edited by patrick young the letters of ignatius extant as is well known in two recensions when copiously interpolated were known in latin versions in medieval times and the letter of polycarp was preserved with them the longer latin version was 
first printed at paris in fourteen ninety eight along with the pseudo dionysian works the editor was jacques l'affaire des tables they did not appear in greek until fifteen fifty seven when valentine frid pacius edited them at dillingen about a century later in sixteen forty four the first great critical exposition of the vexed ignatian question was made by archbishop usher the bulky allegory called the shepherd of hermas was current like the last-named documents in latin versions the greek original indeed was only discovered in the middle of the nineteenth century the latin appeared first in fifteen thirteen at paris le fer taple was in this instance again the editor he rather obscured the true character of his text by discarding its old name of pastor in substituting one apparently of his own devising liber trium vir orum et trium spiritualium virginum last come the important pseudominous works associated with the name of clement of rome the two romances called the recognitions and the homilies of clement and the manual of ecclesiastical uses known as the apostolic constitutions the first of these had been early popularized in the latin version of rufinus in which form alone it has survived complete le frere taples printed at first at paris in fifteen o four the homilies which we have only in greek were not given to the world until sixteen seventy two bovius and toranius in fifteen sixty three produced editions of the constitutions the former in latin the latter in the original greek the whole series of documents which we have been describing was brought together and edited into a masterly manner by j p cotelier of paris in sixteen seventy two the greek apologists form a convenient class and we may survey their destinies next the only one who was introduced to the west in the fifteenth century was one of the obscurest athenagoras large portions of his book on the resurrection were rendered into latin by ficino and also by g valla and printed in fourteen eighty eight the greek appeared in fifteen forty one the apology was edited by gesner at zurich and by robert estienne at paris in fifteen fifty seven the first portion of justin martyr's works that saw the light was the address to the greeks printed in the latin version of pico della mirandola in fifteen o seven in fifteen fifty one robert estienne brought out a corpus of this writer's works genuine and spurious which for most of them notably the two apologies and the dialogue with tripto was the editio princeps tatian and theopolis first appeared at zurich in fifteen forty six the unimportant tract of hermias in fifteen fifty three at basel the editor of the first two was gesner of the third raphael sailor all the extant works of clement of alexandra with a few unimportant exceptions were placed in the hands of scholars together in the florentine edition of fifteen fifty superintended by pietro vittorio but the best work done on the text of this father was that of friedrich silberg who brought out his writings at heidelberg in fifteen ninety two the printer was comaline the first nine editions of irenaeus ranging in date from fifteen twenty six to fifteen sixty seven all give a text constructed by erasmus and improved to a certain extent by him and those which were published during his lifetime the erasmian text however never attained a very high pitch of excellence a step forward was taken by galasius who brought out an irenaeus at geneva in fifteen seventy 
and more decided progress by fouardent of paris whose best edition was printed at cologne in fifteen ninety six nothing of any great importance was done for the elucidation of this writer before the publications of graves great work at oxford in seventeen o two the works of origin largely preserved in old latin versions were never wholly unrepresented in western libraries it is a curious fact that in spite of the deep interest which this great thinker excited in the minds of men like erasmus no portion of his writings appeared in the original greek during the sixteenth century as early as fourteen seventy five some homilies were printed in latin and the books against celsus also in latin in fourteen eighty one a collective edition in the same language was brought out by merlin at paris in fifteen twelve erasmus was engaged on another when he died in fifteen thirty six and beatus renanus completed it in that year genebrard archbishop of aix produced a third in fifteen seventy four the first attempt at a complete edition in greek and latin was that of peter daniel hewitt afterwards bishop of avranches which appeared at rouen in sixteen sixty eight it included only the exegetical works and was never completed herbert thorndyke of trinity college cambridge had made large preparations about the same time as hewitt for a collective edition no part of which was printed his manuscripts among which is the unique copy of the important treatise on prayer are preserved in the library of his college the first editor of one of the longer treatises in greek was david hoschel who published the books against celsus in sixteen o five we have no right to inflict a complete patristic bibliography on our readers one more greek father only shall be mentioned namely eusepius of caesarea his preparatorio evangelica has been mentioned more than once in the body of this chapter george of trebizond's latin version of it faulty as it was was printed again and again before fifteen hundred the greek text appeared at paris in fifteen forty four from the press of robert estiam the same indefatigable worker brought out in the same year the history of eusebius in greek for the first time along with the later greek ecclesiastical historians in latin the history had long been current and the sixteenth century had seen at least two fresh latin versions made by wolfgang musculus and by christopherson it was reserved for valesius valois in sixteen fifty nine to produce the first really great illustrative edition of this priceless record of christian origins the latin fathers demand a briefer treatment than those of the greek church a good deal has been said already as to the reappearance of those authors who had been forgotten and as to the labors of scholars upon the text of some who had always been studied we may therefore in this place confine ourselves to a select few of the earlier latin writers the apology of tertullian was printed in fourteen eighty three but the first edition of any considerable part of his works was supervised by beatus renanus in fifteen twenty one gagnaeus of paris added some eleven tracts to those previously known in fifteen forty five and sigismund gellinius improved the text by sixteen twenty five the whole of the writings we possess had appeared in print and the editions were numerous those of rigolt of which the first appeared in sixteen thirty three did most for the text of this earliest of the great christian latinists rigolt had access to all the principal manuscripts whether preserved in france as those of pitou and dupuy with the famous 
agobartian codex in germany as that of fulda or in italy as that of fulvio orsini cyprian in a gravely interpolated text was read throughout the medieval period and five editions of his works appeared between fourteen seventy one and fifteen hundred he was one of the host of writers who profited by the scholarship of erasmus and the first basel edition was out in fifteen twenty and was often reprinted latino latini undertook to edit the works but was prevented from completing them the results of his labors taken up by others saw the light in fifteen sixty three at rome the same decade witnessed the appearance of morel's paris edition fifteen sixty four and of that of j de pamel antwerp fifteen sixty eight the former is said to have improved the text the latter to have corrupted it by the use of interpolated manuscripts an epic-making edition was that of nicholas rigolt in sixteen forty eight the latin apologists alone remained to be discussed lactantius first printed in fourteen sixty five was one of those writers who appealed most strongly to the humanists and the number of reprints of his works belonging to the fifteenth and sixteenth centuries is correspondingly great the first critical edition worth mentioning is probably that of basel fifteen sixty three with the commentary of istas betuleias arnobius and menusius felix go together the only two manuscripts of their writings which we possess have handed down the octavius of the latter as if it were part of the disputaciones of the former and the two editions appeared before the mistake was detected the first was that of faustus sabaeus of brescia rome fifteen forty three librarian of the vatican to whom our oldest manuscript now at paris belonged sigismund gelinius three years later at basel of the great post-nicene fathers eastern or western we have decided not to speak in this place it has already been said that they attracted attention from the first moment of revival and though much notable work was done in collecting and publishing the writings during the sixteenth century a review of that work would swell the present chapter to an undue size we prefer to notice the rise of those great collections of the minor christian writings which are generically known as the bibliotheca patrum it was the chief merit of these that they brought together and put into the hands of a large circle a number of brief tracts of the most diverse ages which ran the risk either of passing unnoticed or dropping out of existence altogether that the texts of the works thus published were uniformly good we neither expect nor find but of their extreme value to the men of their time there can be no doubt even now they are the best available authorities for a good many writings the series is headed by a publication of siscard of basel fifteen twenty eight called antidotum contra diversus heresias it contains treatises by twenty authors the earliest of whom is justin martyr the micropresspiticon of fifteen fifty also a basel book numbers thirty-two writers aristeus the fabulous chronicle of philo and the letters of ignatius and polycarp are among its contents five years later appeared the orthodoxographa edited by herald with seventy-six headings the collection of grenaeus issued with the same title in fifteen sixty nine includes eighty-five the printer of these four was henricus petri basil then began the work with credit zurich produced somewhat similar publications between fifteen forty six and fifteen seventy two 
under the auspices of conrad gessner and similar but the productions of the two swiss cities were surpassed if not superseded by the issue in fifteen seventy five of the first edition of the paris bibliotheca veterum patrum its editor was marguerite de la bige and the collection appeared in eight sections or classes arranged according to the character of the writings in each in the first for example were epistles in the sixth commentaries and so forth a supplementary volume was issued in fifteen seventy nine something over two hundred and twenty writers of all ages from the first to the sixteenth century are represented altogether and the whole work is in latin it was dedicated to gregory the thirteenth in fifteen eighty nine came a second edition in nine volumes increased by the addition of a good many treatises but marked also by the omission of several which had called forth the censor of the authorities among these were the works of nicolas de clamange whose anima diversions on ecclesiastical matters had seemed to surpass the bounds of fair criticism so dangerous indeed did the collection appear to some minds that the jesuit Poseven declared that it is impossible salva conscientia to keep either of the first two editions of the bibliotheca on one's shelves and more than one detailed censure of the book was issued in the editions of sixteen ten and later efforts were made to remedy the faults that had been noted and in sixteen twenty four appeared the first of a series of publications in which the greek texts of some of the authors hitherto only published in latin were given this first octarium was edited by the jesuit fronton de luc duqueus the final and largest form of de la bing's bibliotheque was issued in sixteen forty four in seventeen volumes it contained writings of about two hundred additional authors arrival to the paris bibliotheca soon appeared in the shape of the magna bibliotheca of cologne the first fourteen tomes with preface by allard wyell were published in sixteen eighteen a fifteenth by andrea schott in sixteen twenty two their appearance provoked the publication of an octarium to the paris collection by gilles morel at paris in sixteen thirty nine a noticeable point about the cologne bibliotheca is that its contents are digested in chronological order each volume comprising the writers of a century similar arrangements were adopted in most of the subsequent bibliothecae cologne did not continue the rivalry and the last work of the seventeenth century in this department was again the product of a french press it was the maxima bibliotheca issued at lyon in sixteen seventy seven in twenty-seven parts the next century witnessed the appearance of a still more comprehensive corpus of patristic literature in the shape of galandi's bibliotheca venice seventeen sixty six but the publication of means enormous patrology never likely to be surpassed in extent in the middle of the nineteenth century has largely superseded the earlier collections which we have been reviewing let us attempt in a few closing paragraphs to sum up the results of an investigation which has covered however incompletely a wide range both in space and in time we have seen reason to place the first symptoms of a revival of christian learning as far back as the thirteenth century and to connect the beginnings of the movement with england in the fourteenth century the scene of activity has shifted to italy where the impulse given to classical studies reacts upon theology not until late in the fifteenth century are the effects of this awakening visible to much purpose in france or in germany 
in the low countries or in switzerland but throughout the succeeding centuries these countries continue to produce indefatigable workers and noble monuments of learning while italy and more evidently spain gradually lose the predominance they had once held the rapidity with which the light spread in germany has been the subject of comment already france's achievements are not less noteworthy lefre taples michel fatabla the hebraist gentian hervet the translator the etions who cover the whole field of greek and latin literature de la bain rigaud d'alcaret fonton le duc combefis all strenuous workers in the patristic and medieval departments these form an imposing list and one that might be largely increased without difficulty nor does the secession of scholars cease with them it continues throughout the seventeenth century and culminates in the noble erudition of the congregation of st mar it is dangerous to attempt to characterize the work of whole centuries in single phrases but there are cases and this seems to be one of them where the progress of a movement can be marked out with approximate accuracy and its stages defined in such a way the three centuries from the fifteenth to the seventeenth with which we have been principally occupied had each its special form of contribution to the movement which we have called the christian renaissance the fifteenth century was the age of collection the documents were brought together and the great libraries formed the sixteenth century was the age of publication what had been recovered was given to the world by the great scholar printers and the seventeenth century was the age of criticism with the documents now before them men settled themselves down to the improvement of texts and the elucidation of subject matter to an extent which had been impossible for their predecessors the names of nicoli and poggio of erasmus and de la bain of usher of valois give a fair indication of the several activities which seem to us to have characterized the periods we have passed under review End of section 60